0: K-W-V-A. KWVA
1: There are nearly 20 million refugees worldwide fleeing terror, war, violence, and political and religious persecution. Refugees admitted to permanently resettle in the US have been passed through multiple levels of rigorous screening and security clearance. They want what we all want: peace, security, and freedom from fear. Refugees are survivors, families and no different from us. It's time we welcome refugee families with open arms. Learn more at EmbraceRefugees.org.
0: Now live at 6 o'clock, KWVA Sports is broadcasting from the campus of the University of Oregon. That's the show. It's Quack Smack. I like talking, talking sports.
1: Quack Smack! What?
0: Quack Smack. Every Monday through Thursday at 6 p.m., the KWVA staff dissects all things Oregon Athletics. I'm I'm experiencing life right now. I'm not sure how much more can be said. Now I'm on the show, and I don't know how long I'm going to be here. It's time for your nightly dose of
2: Quack Smack. Now let's head into the KWVA Sports Studios for the show.
0: It's a Thursday edition of Quack Smack. Knight Yuretsky joined alongside Austin Oda, Saul Galvan, Levi Bergfold over in production. Ooh. Yeah. Bergs. He's just hanging in there running steps right now. But <laughs> we got a great Thursday show ahead of us. We're gonna talk some men's basketball. We're gonna talk some women's basketball. We'll talk some softball. We'll talk some Oregon football. Signing day. We also have some baseball talk. I mean, it is crossover season. Softball starts a week from today. How crazy is that? I mean, we're
3: we're a week away from Florida. Week away from Florida. What? Three weeks away from baseball. And then we're hitting the spring weather. in Two weeks away from baseball. Uh, I believe like
0: the 16th is like the first baseball game. I mean, it's coming up quickly, and it's that crossover season where you have men's and women's basketball happening at the same time. It feels like days are just not even a thing. You're just getting day by day through your week, and then all of a sudden, it's the next weekend, and there's just so much happening. But happy to be here. Uh, First director show for me in three weeks. Have you guys missed me at all? (laughs) Back-to-back weeks I've been working. Uh, Couldn't come in here today. There's been men's basketball. Stupid men's basketball. I know, Crazy. But uh, ha- happy to be back. Uh, ha- have the director shows been. Eh. Any great All Aboard? I was on last week. I thought it was pretty cool. Any but great play- All
2: Aboard? We actually didn't do All Aboard last week. What? Um, we did a different game. We played Jeopardy. That was fun, actually. I Really? really Jeopardy, Jeopardy was really fun. And I thought it was so a Did sub- you host that? Yeah.
0: How did you do that?
2: Uh, we could redo it tonight. We could have Saul produce since he knows the answers, and you and Levi could play Jeopardy if you want to switch out. One know, of the that topics. might be pretty fun.
0: I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know. Levi, do you want to do that? A little later know, on in the show, do you want to do, do what some exactly? Jeopardy? Do what? Do Jeopardy. Austin apparently created
2: a Jeopardy last week. I have like a full Jeopardy. That, uh, that I, I mean, can I can host if you guys would, would need. No, 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 because no. no, no. It, it so we, we did it last week. Knight was asking what we did last week because I said we didn't do uh All Aboard. And so I, I know the answer, Sal so knows the answers. So I think maybe you two could play each other.
0: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm gonna vote no just because I'm, I'm almost historically bad at Jeopardy. You <laughs> are
2: rough over here. Okay, but you think a,
0: like with the five extra years of life, uh, <laughs> he'd be like really good <laughs> at Jeopardy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you He's would think. Wouldn't I will, you? I will <laughs> say this, Levi though. Like I am not that familiar with with Oregon history, and even I won against John Evans, who's been more familiar. To be with. fair
2: though, that is John Evans. Like respectfully, I don't want yeah. to <laughs> disrespectfully <laughs> against going against John the JV team.
3: No. Right? R- no respect, uh, no disrespect, but also disrespect. Okay. Right, complete disrespect. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. Right on. Well, I mean, maybe we could do Jeopardy another time. Maybe we could do it tonight. I mean, depends yeah, on we'll how see. far we get through. Maybe I'll try to answer some. I feel like I could do it. I think you would have a fun time. Yeah, I, you you, would you def- could do it alone. You, would you could do yeah. it versus like <laughs> test Levi my knowledge. So, this is like right. that Chris Clayton segment they had back in the day where you gave him a mascot and he would just like have to like exactly. answer what university <laughs> had that mascot. Exactly fun stuff. Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into today's question of the day. Today's question of the day, who is your favorite pro duck? There's been a lot of product news especially with the Super Bowl, and we could start here with Mr. Oda. One of your favorite players, I assume?
2: Well, on the Niners or no? No, you, you say players. It's actually not an athlete. My favorite pro-duck you just mentioned, Chris Clayton, has, oh. uh, has risen up my, oh. my, my he, he has quickly risen up my my pro-duck leaderboards. We've we've talked a lot over the last couple weeks. He's just a, a very genuine human being. Uh, came into our meeting the other day. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his. And I like his work a lot. I don't know if – I'm sure you've listened to him. I, yep. he, I I really like what he does on air. I like his stories. Uh yeah, that's my my pro duck pick. Looks a little like Levi too.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what, what what about Chris Clayton and Levi? They, they just out? they like have they they have a they have a similar aura to them. Okay, okay.
3: <laughs> You're making me rethink my answer now. Like I was I was fully prepared to come in with a with a player, and it's, now we're bringing in broadcasters. It's like I, it's like all of a
0: sudden Neil Everett's like at the top of the it. list. <laughs> it's like, well, oh I could, man,
3: I could drop a player too if you want.
2: Yeah, I could drop a Riku Nishida, my good Ooh. friend Riku. Uh, he's he's a yeah, pro. Yeah. Uh, texted him the other day when I went to baseball practice for Duck Territory, just little go Ducks. Um, he's he's a good. What good did he human say being. back? He liked <laughs> the <laughs> message. <Okay. laughs> <That> was
3: like, <laughs> I was just waiting for a text that was like wood. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I I didn't really grow up with the Pac-12, so I don't have like a lot of history like you two do, like where I was familiar with it. I would say probably my favorite product is Marcus Mariota, just because mm. he was the yeah, player. He's fine. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he, he didn't just win Heisman, and, you know. Uh, but, you know, he was, like, the player that got me into college football and got me into, like, the history of Oregon. Like, that was when I really, like, knew, oh, my God, I want to go to Oregon one day. Uh, just seeing him play that season was, like, one of the best, like, college seasons I've probably ever watched. So, definitely Marcus Mariota. Very
0: fun, ProDuck. I, I, I love Marcus Mariota, especially during that, what was it, 2020 season yeah. with the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Favorite time that that Raiders versus Chargers game Marcus Mariota versus Justin Herbert, elite. Like elite. I know that the Raiders lost, elite game. Yeah. Just like as a Duck fan, so much fun in that game. Uh, for me, my favorite pro Duck. I, I mean, I'm a little bit biased. Brooke Nunaviller. I mean, she is a pro yeah, Duck now. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, athletes unlimited. She's playing for Omaha right now, uh, in the uh, professional volleyball league. I think that is what it is. Yep. It's very, very fun. It's, I, a, it's I, a good lead, It's It's a great lead. I've yeah. been watching a few of those matches, and it's been very fun. Uh, the broadcaster for Nebraska va- volleyball is the broadcaster for Omaha, so it's always good to, like, listen to him, John Baylor. Uh, he's a very good volleyball broadcaster, and so, I don't know. I, I've been enjoying it, and, you know, after watching Brooks succeed here, it's good to see her succeed at the professional level, and it's good that there is professional volleyball right now. It's awesome to see, like, women's sports – Becoming more professionalized. Obviously, the WNBA has been around for a while. But, I mean, this year, having the Professional Volleyball League and then also the Professional Women's Hockey League happening at the same time. I mean, heck, tonight, the Professional Women's Hockey League was doing their All-Star game. So, really awesome to see the growth of women's sports. Can we get some pro softball love? Yeah, go go for it, Ash. No, <laughs> that was the whole that was the whole tweet. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Shout out, <laughs> shout out, Ali Bunker. Yeah. yeah, there there isn't. I mean, there is professional softball, but it's not covered as well. No, I no, feel like no, definitely not. I know that like Haley Cruz played professional yeah. for like a year.
2: Bunk is playing right now. It's Do you legit. know what team? Uh, the Pride, the USSSA Pride. Yeah. They're like a powerhouse, right? Yeah. yeah. There's How also, I believe, only two teams. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so one is a powerhouse. I, I could be hey, This is a that. This is a
0: powerhouse. They're one of two teams, and you know what? They make the championship every, every single, single year. Right? They're either the champion or the runner-up, man. It's, it's like
3: Washington State and Oregon State next season. Like if they're just going to be flip-flopping <laughs> each other. Honestly, <laughs> honestly.
0: All right, that's enough fun talk. Let's go ahead and move to men's basketball. Men's basketball tonight versus USC. You can listen to Joey McMurray at the top of the hour right after the show on the Oregon Sports Network. But Oregon men's basketball flocks down to Southern California to take on the Trojans, Brawny and them all. And overall, this is an Oregon team that's, you know, sputtered a little bit this past couple of weeks. Yes, they had the big win against Arizona State, but there was that loss against Arizona, obviously a crucial loss with Keyshawn Bartholomew. But moving into this game against USC just means that there's another algorithm for Dana Altman to use in this situation as he continues to find ways to solve the Rubik's Cube that is the Oregon men's basketball team. Now, Oregon, with that loss against Keishar Benfelmy, they're going to have to adjust a lot. And I, I think this is a big loss for Oregon. What do you guys see as the move for Dana Altman in this situation when you lose a guy that brought so much energy off the bench and a guy that you know could hit a lot of shots in a row and be really streaky down the stretch?
2: I, I think, to some extent, the Ducks have to kind of revert to what they did at the start of the season with, no Dante, no Biddle. And that's just be able to go small. And I realize that losing Keyshawn Bartholomew hurts that a little bit, but Keyshawn Bartholomew was also out for a good chunk of that start of the season. And, th- and they were running with uh, Jesse Zarzuela when he was healthy off the bench and Carry Oquendo was getting more minutes. And I think you have to go back to that a little bit, space the floor a little more, give Jackson shell set a little more space to work outside. Um, I don't have the exact like win-loss splits, but John Evans has done a great job talking about those when he's been on the show. Uh, in wins, he's making more threes, and he's shooting more threes. He, he's very timid in losses, and he's a player that has to play when w- while Oregon's in front, and so I think he's kind of the, the main trigger from now on. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more.
3: Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a big adjustment for Dana Alman, unlike it was for Biddle and Dante, the two star players of this team, but also the, the two biggest guys on this team. You know, Bartholomew, he was a guy who really came off the bench for the majority of the season. He put up really good minutes. He did a lot of good things for this team when he was. But I think that this roster has a lot of depth within it. You talked about Kerry O'Quindo, but also J.J. Tracy has been getting in some good minutes. So I think that those two can be key players for Keyshawn Bartholomew to replace him in the lineup. I I agree. I'm actually more of a fan than Oquendo than Jadrian T-
0: Tracy. I think that Oquendo provides really good minutes off the bench, and I honestly wish that Oregon would play him more. It feels like the last couple of games, Oquendo's minutes have been just a little bit down. At the beginning of the year, he was that really strong option off the bench, and I think that Oquendo's going to be the big guy coming into the p- picture now that Bartholomew's gone. Uh, he doesn't have the three-point shooting that Bartholomew has, but Bartholomew was definitely more of a streaky type of shooter. The big thing, though, is that, Bartholomew brought energy, and he brought speed. And I think that's what Oquendo brings. I think that you can plug Oquendo in for that Bartholomew role. He may not hit as many of those pop-up threes, but at the same time, you're not going to ask him to do that. You're going to probably ask Jackson Shelstead to shoot more threes. And I think that Shelstead should shoot more threes. Like you said, he's been timid in those losses. And over the past two series, it feels like he's gone on a little bit of a slump, if you want to even say that. I mean, he's a young freshman. He's gone on a
2: huge slump. I think you – you continue, but I'll, I'll pull up his, his – No, but
0: he, he has. He's gone a little bit quiet, and it's not like he's missing a lot of shots. It just feels like he's not shooting the ball as much. I mean, I, I'm sure the percentages for his field
3: goal shooting is down a little bit, but at the same time, like, this is a guy that you should have shooting 12 times a game. Yeah, and I think especially with Dana Allman, now that he has Biddle and Dante back in the lineup, kind of reverting back to what the offense was like last year where you were, he was playing them through them because Oregon didn't really have the – the shooting that they had this year with Shellstad. but when you have a guy like Jackson Shellstead who can make those difficulty shots, like we, when he gets hot, he is easily one of the most dangerous players, shooters in the entire conference, if not in the nation. So yeah, I, you know, I even though Dante and Biddle are back now. Dana Allman should still be letting uh Shelstead shoot the ball.
2: And and he has he has gone really cold in the, the first stretch of the season, uh he was shooting fifty two percent from the field. These last five games he was shooting thirty three percent from the field, down to thirty percent from three. So th- those you know, averaging only seven points a game after averaging fifteen for most of the, the start of the year, he's he's really uh cooled down a bit, but I, I still think the point stands. Like they need to get him going again, and I think that they, they do that by Keeping the ball in his hands enough, but also taking the ball out of his hands at some point and getting Jermaine Kuznard and and Kerry Oquendo the ball and letting someone like Shellstad work off the ball.
0: Yeah, I think he needs to go inside a little more. If you look at his numbers over the past six games, like a majority of his shots are three pointers. And sure, every once in a blue moon, he's going to hit that big three pointer like he did against Michigan, where he's about five feet beyond the arc. But he shouldn't be popping those all the time. Like, he should be driving, pulling up from the elbow, hit those mid-range Js, get into rhythm. And I think that's the big thing that, you know, Jackson Shellstead needs to do. I think he needs to get himself into some sort of rhythm. And I think that's what he needs to do tonight against USC. Drive a little bit more, pull up from mid-range, don't necessarily have to force the long three-point shot. And, you know, maybe you can get some games rolling that way but you did have a good game against usc and i kind of wanted to hit on that going into this game tonight against the trojans oregon won the first time through against usc that game all the way back in december the start of pac 12 play back on december 28th 82 to 74 was the victory oregon led and controlled the majority of that game what for you guys stood out in that victory against usc i mean you you started with with jackson Chelstad.
2: he was awesome that day 21 points uh, the the big player that game, it felt like this was the the real peak of the breakout was, was Kwame Evans Jr. though. Um, 22 points, 8 boards, uh, 6 combined steals and blocks. I've been on the Kwame Evans train all year. I think he's the team's best defender and it isn't really close. Um, but that was the game it felt like he he could really put it together offensively. Um, you shoot 6 of 8 from the field, you hit all 7 of your free throws. He's a great free throw shooter, he's a great rebounder, and he's a great on-ball defender. And and for, for USC... It's not a great USC team. Um, Boogie Ellis is good. Isaiah Collier is going to be a, a top 10 <laughs> pick. But I, I'm not, i not – I think Bronny does his job enough. I, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are. Um, I, I still think the Ducks, like, are, are pretty easily the better team than USC. But, again – I think the big thing that stood out was was Kwame Evans Jr.'s play the other day or the last time these two teams played. Yeah,
3: I mean between Qua- uh, Kwame and Shelstead, I mean they combined for <laughs> almost over half of Oregon's points in that game. Uh, but there were also some other guys too. I mean, Brennan Riggsby had some good minutes. Uh, Quendo, Quendo had 15 points in that game. Like he had a really solid game against against USC. To me, I think the biggest thing is just going to be defense. Like the defense has not been as good as it was in the beginning of the conference stretch. Right now, I think the Ducks are 1-6 in six or 1-7 in seven in games that they give up more than 80 points. And we saw it against Arizona. Like, obviously, Kayla Lubb, he got hot. But, you know, when you give up 80 points, it's kind of difficult to win games, especially in the pack.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, the defense in that game was really what stood out to me. The other thing, too, free throw shooting. Oregon got to the line 32 times in that game against USC, which is just a remarkable number. They made 26 of them. Oregon this season has not been a great three free throw shooting team. And they did it against the Trojans, and I think that was a big thing, especially the second half. If you look at the second half, Oregon shot 21 total free throws in the second half, 18 of 21 from the foul line. I think that Oregon is going to have to get to the foul stripe again. Uh, But Kwame Evans, I mean, he's cooled off too. I mean, both of the freshmen have. These are the biggest games of the season, this biggest stretch this past couple of uh, series, and both of the freshmen kind of went a little bit timid, kind of got back in their shells. I don't know. I think that Kwame needs to shoot the ball more too. And I think that, you know, it's probably one of those situations where Nate Biddle's back, you know, he's playing the four a little bit more than Kwame is Dante's back. So he's working a little bit more on the post, but I, I think you got to get Kwame back in there. He is probably the most talented player on the floor. He's just extremely raw right now. And I think that either him or Shelstead is going to have to put up more shots in this one against USC. Uh, Overall, though, I think that if Oregon plays defense, they're going to find a way to win tonight. USC, they've been struggling. They've lost five straight. And, you know, coming into the season, there was a lot of hype about USC, especially with Bronny James being there. It just really hasn't been a factor. And I think this is a game where defense is going to be huge for Oregon.
2: Yeah. Kwame Evans Jr. I don't think needs to shoot the ball necessarily more. I think the guy that if you're looking at to shoot the ball more, it's got to be Brennan Rigsby. I mean, he's yeah. over 40% from theory. Like, there, there's no reason he shouldn't be playing for a team that struggles to space sometimes. I think the role that Kwame Evans has where he's shooting, you know, five to eight shots a game, I think that's perfect as long as he's efficient with those shots. Um,
0: even when he was scoring in bunches, it was because he was efficient. But, was I mean, he, he hasn't been shooting five times. Like, he's only shot five times twice in the last five yeah but uh,
2: again and those I think the last two games has been his best I think you you, that you know he needs to be back in that in that realm I think like you can have a guy like him on the floor that isn't going to shoot a ton because of what he does defensively Um, but I agree like having two shots in a game against Utah and three shots against Colorado that's not okay uh, for a guy with his talent Um, I do think you need him on the floor for for 30 plus minutes and I think that's what he's going to do tonight
3: yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how like what what the scheme is now that Dante and Beddo are back now, and oh, you also have Shellstead too, because obviously Bartholomew being out, Mookie Cook obviously as well. He's not going to come back this season, but he wasn't really mixed into the lineup as uh, Shellstead was, as you know, the freshman coming in. But really, in these next two kind of weekend series, that Dana Alman needs to figure out what direction the team is going to be, because obviously you look towards the end of the season when they got Oregon State, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah, like you know, that's kind of a tough stretch to end off on. So if the ducks want to be in a top spot for the PAC 12 tournament in Vegas uh, in March, they're going to have to really figure out what's going to be the, their, their direction going forward.
0: And they also need to win this game. I mean, this is a team that's tied for first place in PAC 12 standings right now, Arizona, they're tied with the ducks right now. And you know, Arizona is a team that has the advantage. They're going to get the ducks at the McHale center later on this season And Oregon, they can't lose these games. Yes, UCLA has been on a little bit of a heater, but at the same time, USC and UCLA, these next two games, must win for Oregon, especially for the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is a team that can really play its way into the tournament depending on how well they succeed the rest of the season. and. Well, these past couple of weeks haven't necessarily been the best weeks for Oregon. Obviously, that big one against Arizona State. Need to show it tonight on national TV. ESPN is going to be the game, USC versus Oregon tonight, 730. You can listen to it on the Oregon Sports Network with Joey McMurray on the call. That one going to be at 7 o'clock. You can leave QuackSmack and then head right over to the Oregon Sports Network for more Oregon sports. And with that, we'll step aside for the first time today. When we come back, we'll talk some Oregon women's basketball here on 88.1. KWVA. KWVA.
2: Like what you're listening to? Want to be a part of the flagship station of numerous Oregon sports, interview duck athletes, and have a hand in the media scrum? Then look no further than the very station you're listening to, KWVA 88.1 FM. Email sports at kwvaradio.org, DM our Instagram at kwva sports, or head down to the station itself next to Bartolotti's located on the bottom floor of the EMU to find out more.
1: The Skate Park Project. Formerly, the Tony Hawk Foundation is a skateboarding organization that helps communities build public skate parks for youth in underserved communities. To date, nearly 600 recipients of the Skate Park Project grants have opened their skate parks. These parks receive more than 6 million annual visits by youth who benefit from the active lifestyle and camaraderie the facilities promote. Learn more about the Skate Park Project by visiting www.skatepark.org.
2: UNICEF works across 190 countries and territories to reach the children and young people who are most at risk and most in need. As conflict escalates in Ukraine, UNICEF is on the ground providing safe water, emergency supplies and social services to children and their families. Learn more at unicef.org forward slash Ukraine forward slash EN. This is former Assistant Sports Director Adam Sussman. If your
0: dial reads 881, you're in the right place. Let's get back to QuackSmack. Back here on QuackSmack, Knight Uretsky, Austin Oda, Saul Galvan, Levi Bergfold over in production running steps. We got a packed studio and we got a packed show. We talked some Oregon men's basketball. Now let's talk some Oregon women's basketball. And Austin, you're already getting a little sad talking about this, aren't you? I mean, this is your team. this This is like Levi calling Oregon women's soccer earlier in the year. This is your team. Things haven't been going necessarily the way that Oregon wanted. What are the positives? I think th- the
2: the positives are Filipina Che and, and Chance Gray and Grace Van Sleuten have l- cemented themselves as one of the better big threes in the country. Like, Filipina Che is is a superstar. She's a monster. And she's she's really started to develop, like, in terms of her rebounding technique has gotten a lot better. She was grabbing rebounds because she's 6'7". Um, but she's gotten better, especially on the offensive end that way, as an offensive rebounder. Grace Van Sluten had a really, really nice game last weekend. Um and chance Gray's been good all year, but I think overall, like this team just this team has more fight than I think people give them credit for like it's it's not a deep roster it's a team with with four starters who who are are really good Kennedy Basham has really struggled, especially on the offensive end um and and then a bench that's pretty inexperienced, but they're doing what they can they fought uh. Kelly Graves is still fighting through rotation changes. Ula Chamberlain and, and Bella Buckets has been, have been getting some more minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bella
0: Buckets, I Bella love that nickname. Buckets. Yeah. I, uh, Th- did you give that to her? I
2: think so. I I, I <laughs> may have let it slip on air the other day on the call, and I was like, "That Bella Buckets. <laughs> and I think I said, "I think I said" as they called her at Lane, and I was like,
0: "No one called her that." <laughs> at lane. But I de- definitely let it slip the other day. You <laughs> called her that at Lane. Yeah. The the house that Bella wait, built. Wait, 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 Levi. Le- Levi, you're in production right? Now you were the voice of Lane Basketball last season, correct? Oh yeah, that's right. Did you call Bella Hamill mm-hmm. Bella buckets? Not a single time. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but like in theory, would you? <laughs> What's she averaging this year? <laughs> I, think, I think. Did you last know she's one you... of? The,
2: did you, Did you know she's one of the top three point shooters in the country? Don't ask what the minimum is. I was gonna say at what volume? <laughs> More than you. <laughs> <laughs> He's just taking off the headphones now. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's go on.
3: <laughs>
2: what I was saying, though, is is Kelly Graves is fighting through some, some real rotation struggles, like players needing to get more minutes. Some players have, have really struggled. Sammy Wagner had a really nice weekend against the Arizona schools, but it's cooled off. Um, Sarah Rambis, you can kind of say the same. Uh, but this team fights, I mean, they they were down 20 at the half. They had 11 first-half points against Colorado. They didn't make a field goal for 15 minutes of game time. And they still made it a a seven-point game with the ball at one point last week. So there's a lot of fight in this team. I I really do – I think they're really fun to watch. And it's also – it's a legitimately elite defensive team, and I think people don't recognize that because the offense has really struggled this year, but it is an elite, elite defensive team.
0: It really is. I mean, if you took the offense of Oregon men's basketball and the defense of Oregon women's basketball – they have one complete. Team. <laughs> like, literally, that's, like, what it would take. But, you know, this team is top of the league in most defensive categories. It's a really good defensive team, and we saw it against Utah. We saw it against Colorado. Obviously didn't go the Ducks' way, but it, it's been a tough stretch for this team. And, you know, it's only going to get tougher. They're facing off against number 18, Oregon State. And, you know, this is the last rivalry season, series game in the Pac-12 between these two programs. Moving forward. Probably just one time a year, you're going to face the Beavers. If that. If that, you know. And, you know, there's been so many great games in this series. What really stands out about this series, especially in women's basketball? I would say, you know, kind of like
2: Sel was saying earlier, I didn't really grow up watching Pac-12 women's basketball. Uh, My biggest memory is the game that we went to last year night uh, in (laughs) Corvallis and watching Chance Gray just go lethal uh, at the end of the game and still having Oregon lose and – and that really felt like kind of the turning point of last season because Oregon had been really good to that point. Uh, Oregon State had not, um, but racer was packed. So we got to see our good friend Andrew, uh, the greatest SID of all time. Shout out to game, Andrew! out. Um, and yeah. uh, I, that that game just sticks out in my memory. Um, obviously, getting to spend time with the Night Yuretsky, but also, <laughs> um, you know, that was a huge game. That was a huge turning point for for both of the schools. It feels like they've kind of split on opposite trajectories since then.
3: Yeah, I mean, at least for me, you know, I remember watching Sabria Ionescu, you know, go back-to-back against Oregon State in 2019 when, you know, they won on Friday. They beat them 76-64, to and then they won Sunday 66-57, to and that was just, like, a big moment in this program because they were able to win back-to-back games against the in-state rival, and that was just, like, an unbelievable time in in women's basketball, especially for Oregon.
2: Speaking of uh – of getting to spend time with Unite. Did you know that four years ago today we took uh, we took a picture at the same time without knowing each other?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah we that did. Was today. That's crazy. Up in my so, uh, this is a story for you, Sel. I so. was going to say, I need to hear this. So <laughs> when I was in high school. My uh, junior year, his senior his year. His junior year, my senior year. Yeah. I had just committed to the University of Oregon. This is right before COVID because it's February 1st. Right. COVID happened a month later. My dad and I, we drove from... Bakersfield area, Fraser Park, five hours to Stanford to see Oregon men's basketball face off against Stanford. We wanted to see Peyton Pritchard. Uh, you know, I just committed to Oregon, very excited to see the team in the Bay. And so we went to that game. Austin ended up being at the game and we like took a photo and both in our stat memories, it's like the exact same score on the scoreboard. Like we took the photo at the exact same time <laughs> in the <laughs> arena
3: at the same time, but we just didn't know each other. See, and, we were both there. And it was meant to be because now you're both here us as directors. And now we're both here talking station.
0: at the same time on eighty eight point one. I mean the world the world's small sometimes. It really it is. It really is. Um besides the point, I mean that, that's obviously a great memory, but in this series, obviously, I remember those back-to-back, Saul. I think it's crazy that they got to do back-to-back. I would love that as a student now. Oregon State on Friday and Sunday, especially if both programs were doing really good. But to me, I, I think that kind of what Austin was saying, that back-and-forth where it felt like Oregon – kind of went downhill after that loss last year in Corvallis and Oregon State went on the up. I think that's what really stands out in this rivalry series for me is just the up and downs of this rivalry. You think about before Kelly Graves got to Oregon, Scott Rook, he was really the king of the Pac-12 in women's basketball. He won three straight conference titles in the regular season. He led the team to the final four. I mean, he did what Kelly Graves did with Oregon during the Sabrina Ionescu years. And then all of a sudden, Kelly Graves arrives – Sabrina Ionescu's is there, and like I said, they win three straight. They go to a Final Four. Probably should have won the national championship if it wasn't for COVID. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits the Beavers. Their program kind of goes downhill, but they're on the rise right now. This is a really good Oregon State coming – their team coming to the arena uh, this Sunday. Oregon State, back-to-back wins against Colorado and Utah, both top ten teams at the time. I mean, this is a great team coming to Matthew Knight Arena. This is a team that's going to bring a lot of fans. I I think that with the year that Oregon women's basketball is having as they're at 11 11 and 11 right now, probably going to be a lot of orange in there with those Beaver fans trying to give it to the Ducks one last time. I think this is a must-win weekend for Oregon women's basketball if they want to cement themselves uh, not only back into the rivalry series but also into the Pac-12 and try to improve towards the end of the year, build a little bit of momentum. I mean, the team, they've been fighting, like you said, and I, I think this is a weekend where the fans need to come out and really give the team their support and, you know, show that they got their back.
2: Oh, 100 percent. I—I This is it, it's still a very competitive team. It's still a team that's really fun to watch. They're, they're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to play really good defense. They're a team that runs on momentum. And they talk about that all the time. Like this is a team that, that deserves to be watched. Um, they were really good at the start of the year. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest competition, but wins are wins, and and wins should put butts in seats, and uh, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, just been a, a tough tough stretch recently, uh, but yeah, they need they need support.
3: Yeah, I mean, also too, because there's only four more home games after this Oregon State game, so and it's some of the last games that are going to be played in the Pac-12. So I'm sure a yeah. lot of fans are going to be there. You know, this rivalry means a lot to so many people. The Oregon Oregon State doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, softball, whatever it is. Anytime it's Oregon, Oregon State, the fans show out. I definitely think a lot of people are going to be there this weekend, uh, 4 o'clock Sunday.
0: 4 o'clock Sunday. We're going to have the call here on 88.1. Austin Oda is going to be on the call for that one. Lily's going to be with you, correct? Yeah. yeah. so Shout Lily out. and Austin, both KWVA uh, leadership members. Austin, the assistant sports director. Lily, our writing coordinator, they're going to be on the call on Sunday. They're going to start pregame, what, 350? 355-ish? Yeah, we'll call it. We'll call it that. Hopefully. <laughs> 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 uh, we'll have the call then on Sunday. Game's going to be at 4 o'clock. You can listen to Chris Clayton, Austin's favorite pro duck on the Oregon Sports Network, but we advise you to listen here on 88.1 to Mr. Oda. Uh, let's go ahead and shift gears, though. Oregon football. Next yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Everybody loves talking football. Next Wednesday is going to be at 88.1. Yeah.
3: Well, no, he likes talking about football. It's he not, talks just not Oregon football. football. He yeah. likes talking SEC.
0: Please. Yeah, yeah. SEC. And how
3: bad Oregon is. We're gonna yeah. talk Big Ten football, okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Oregon football, they have signing day next Wednesday. I think signing day in February is so anticlimactic nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I miss the days in like February where you were like where it meant something. Where it meant something. I mean, heck, even the way that recruiting's being covered right now. When guys commit, it doesn't even feel like a surprise because no. it's like, oh, this guy's been projected to go. No, to Oregon. Exactly. Yeah.
3: The projections have like ruined it because as soon as like we see we saw with, with uh, which was it, Jabbar Muhammad when he commits Oregon. I mean, two weeks before that he was projected to flip yeah. from, I, I believe, it was Ohio State or, or no Texas to, from Texas to Oregon. And okay, once the projection is made, I mean that's pretty solidified. Yeah, it's like
0: it's like watching the NBA draft and having Woj notifications yeah. on. <laughs> like that's what it feels like, you know? No, it and, is. And no, but like, it absolutely is. And, but here's the good news: recruiting's being covered so greatly that you get excited about recruiting. Yeah, and I am excited about this class. I mean maybe oregon gets one kid to sign you know obviously we talk about the projections and right now they're projected to get a five-star wide receiver in gatlin bear who's from idaho he won't be here next year he's going to be on a mission for two years before joining a program whether that be oregon whether that be michigan but most likely oregon it was down to michigan and oregon before jim harbaugh decided to leave to michigan but this is an oregon team that could close on him and solidify a top five class. And I think that's something to celebrate. There's so many good players in this class. For you guys, pick a player who stands out to you that you're going to be excited about. We can get to the transfers in a second, but just okay. give us maybe the high school
2: guys. I mean, I, I got to go with Jaquan McRae. I think Jaquan yeah. is <laughs> awesome. Like 6'8", three, <laughs> 365, he just moves people. Offensive lineman. Like I mean, he's, he's, He caught a touchdown this year in high school. I did you see that? <laughs> I did not, but uh, that doesn't surprise me because <laughs> like, I don't know how one would guard him. Uh, he's awesome. He
0: got a little, like, shifty with it, too. They, like, <laughs> threw it off to the like, the right side on, like, a, a design play, obviously, with the offensive lineman where he, like, Faked like he was blocking, and then he, like, peeled off. And then he caught it, like, shimmied, <laughs> stiff-armed a dude, and then, like, got hit as yeah. he fell into the end zone.
2: I'm also a big Kamar 30 fan. I think he's he's really good. I think he's kind of in the, in the same build that we've seen Jeffrey Bossa thrive in recently. Um, So I, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get this year with Justin Jacobs coming back, but I think in the future this is going to be, like, like a,
3: a dude. A dude. Yeah, I'm really big on Elijah Rushing. I just think that, especially with next year, Oregon's linebacker room is already going to be pretty deep because of the guys that are coming back. But he just adds a lot more depth, and considering that he, you know, may be a four-star player or four-year player for this team, he's gonna have a lot of experience and a lot of guys to look up to next season.
2: I mean, and he is a perfect
0: name, rushing,
3: for- rushing, for- rushing. Elijah rusher. rushing, and he's an edge rusher. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah.
0: No, I, I think that Elijah Rushing is going to be huge. Uh, it's
3: kind of uh, like the Johnny Media of
2: four uh, <laughs> board <laughs> uh, oh, That's a good one. I That's miss Johnny Media. I do, too. Shout out Johnny Great Media. Great voice. Yeah,
0: the best. Awesome human being. Awesome human being. I hope him and his family are doing well. Me, too. Anyways, for me, I really like Jeremiah McClellan. I mean, he was a guy that was projected to go to Ohio State, committed to Ohio State, And at the last minute, Oregon got him to flip. And, you know, I think that was a big win. I mean, if you put on the tape of this guy, like, he stands out. And, yes, he's a wide receiver, and Oregon's wide receiver room is going to be packed next season. I mean, with Evan Stewart coming in, and we'll talk about the transfers in a second. But, I mean, he's a guy that – when you put on the tape like he stands out and the first thing he did when he got to oregon he was catching footballs there's been documented proof of him catching over 100 footballs a day from the machine and he's just like locked in and this is a guy that oregon wants to have out there kind of get locked into the team and you know stand out and i think that's exactly what he's going to be doing Uh, i mean this class is just so stacked like the further down the list you go dylan gresham another wide receiver I think that in two years, he's going to be a really, really dynamic wide receiver like a Tez Johnson. Like, he averaged over 25 yards per reception in high school. Like, he was taking it far a lot of the ways. Uh, obviously, we can talk about Jamar Muhammad in the transfer portal. I would argue that's the biggest addition of this Oregon team. I think Evan Stewart has something really? to say about that.
2: Yeah. I think, I think Stu gives them, like, a legit receiver one. I know Tez Johnson is, is, is awesome, but I, I think Evan Stewart is your true, like big bodied X receiver, mm-hmm. throw a deep ball. He's going to go up in traffic and get it. Yeah. Um, and I think like Jurion's awesome, but I, I still don't think he's on the level <laughs> that Evan Stewart is on. I yet. mean, we don't know. Right. He's we, been we hurt. Don't, we don't know. You're right. Dude, but jury
0: and Evan Stewart with Tez Johnson. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have Gary Bryant. <laughs>
2: I would also, I, I'm a big Matthew Bedford fan. I, I think Oregon does a really good job. I, I tend to look past the stars with, with Oregon in the transfer portal because um, I think they just know what they're doing, uh, and especially with offensive linemen. Um, you look at some of the guys they've brought in over the years, um, like a Johnny Cornelius became one of the best offensive linemen in the nation last year as a guy from Rhode Island. I realize he was a huge transfer recruit, but still it's kind of on that same level, like like small school, smaller player. Um, but it's just is that good. And I think Bedford's going to have that same rise this year.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about with Evan Stewart and, you know, him kind of replacing Troy Franklin, who was the, the number one receiver for this year's team. He had not only the speed but the size, too, and I think that's going to be key next year is replacing it because obviously Tess Johnson is an elite wide receiver, and he has the speed, but he doesn't necessarily have the size that Stewart or uh, Franklin has. And having an experienced QB like Dylan Gabriel, you know, s- assuming he is going to be the starter, he's going to be looking for that guy with the height, especially towards the end of the end zone.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that Dickey has the height, too. I mean, he's the tallest wide receiver. Kyler Casper is going to be back. I don't know how much of an X-Factor he'll be. The re- wide receiver room is just, like, really really good that's all right <laughs> it's really really good uh but i i i think that evan stewart's a big addition i just think that jabar muhammad's like the biggest one because you have a lockdown corner. like right. oregon didn't have that this year yes kyrie jackson was kind of that guy but i mean the amount of boneheaded penalties that we saw from kyrie jackson specifically that texas tech game where he just had disregard for human life and just drilled the dude like I don't no. think you're getting that with Jabbar Muhammad. You're getting a lockdown guy. He's a little undersized. He's 5'10", but I mean, man, can he play defense, and man, can he play defense <clears throat> on the biggest stage. And I think that's where Oregon's headed, to the biggest stage. Uh, I think that he's big. Uh, Cam Alexander, who also comes from UTSA, I think he's going to be big. I think that both of those guys, because Oregon lost their corners. You know, Triquez Bridges, that was a depth beast. He's gone. Kyrie Jackson, he's gone. And so you had to place these guys and. I think that Oregon did a good job replacing them. Um, I'm satisfied with this class. I I think this transfer portal recruiting was great, underrated. Atticus Sappington, like
3: he was really good at Oregon. Also, shout out Kobe Savage too from Kent State. Show him some. I mean, there's
2: literally no bad transfer here. Like (laughs) I I was going to say. the, the guy that isn't really talked about a lot, Jamar Caldwell is a guy that can Oh he's great really stuff the run and, and Oregon and needed that need, I mean, like like with the loss of, of, of Dorliss And Timani and uh Popo and like the the IDL is the really the only piece of this puzzle that I'm not completely sold on yet this year for Oregon, but I think uh I think Caldwell is a huge piece for that.
0: Yeah, him and I I mean even in just like the high school recruiting, Jericho Johnson. Yeah. I mean like he has a body for it. Obviously. The one thing I will say about this team defensively really young Mm -hmm. really really young defense but really talented yeah a lot of these guys are studs they just haven't played a lot and I think that's going to be the big x factor next season is is Oregon defensively going to be able to sustain themselves with the youth but I'm excited for it and adding Jabbar Muhammad adding Cam Alexander adding you know Caldwell this team's going to be really, really good next season. Uh, if there's just one guy that you guys want to see stand out in the spring game, though, who, who would it be out of this recruiting class? It could be a transfer. It could be a recruit. Who would it be?
3: Dylan Gabriel, for sure. I mean, it just, you know, you you know you have a lot of faith in them. You've seen what he could do at Oklahoma, but I think it would put a lot more comfort with Duck fans to see him kind of ball out like uh, Ty Thompson did in last year's spring game. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll see how he does. You know, maybe Dante Moore might ball out better, but – uh, I, I think that's another guy, too, that has kind of got overlooked was more that I mean, he, he, great backup great, quarterback. Great, like uh, unbelievable backup quarterback. And, you know, he chose to come to this program even though he knew that he was probably going to sit for this year uh, because he's that dedicated, and that's just the environment that, that Dan Lang has created. So it just creates so much more excitement, not just for next year, but for the next few years of Oregon football.
2: I'm excited to see Jay Harris. I think he's a guy that co- going from the Division II ranks – um, you never really know what you're gonna get, but I would not be surprised if he ends up being uh this team's uh running back. Like two, two to two the to James three. and Whittington one uh, A and one B, um, I think he's gonna be really good. I I think there he's he's got the size to be a really good running back to be a, a power back. Um, yeah, I'm excited for him. I am intrigued to see what he'll do against an Oregon defense.
0: I I am intrigued too. I think that he's kind of play that role that jordan james had as a freshman yeah like, i, I agree. think that's kind of like mm-hmm. where you're gonna find him but he's a big body i mean big running back and had a lot of success at the division two level i mean but a 6 215 running back i'll take that i mean yeah that'll I, do yeah that'll that'll do up the middle that'll do at the goal line but there's a lot of really exciting guys i i'm also with you Saul. i want to see the, the quarterbacks show out i mean who doesn't want to see the quarterbacks show out in the spring game griffin but, But I I just remember, you know, Bo Nix's first throw as an Oregon Duck in the spring game. Him finding 7 McGee and 7 McGee just going wild down the field. Like, (laughs) that got me excited for Bo Nix. I was like, oh, man, he's going to be good. Like, I want to see that from Dylan Gabriel. I want to see that from Dante Moore. Heck, I want to see that from Luke Moga. Like, give me Luke Moga (laughs) throwing some dots, running around. Like, that would be awesome. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Let's shift gears one more time real quick before we take our last break, and let's talk Diamond Sports. Woo! One week away from softball season. Baseball two weeks away. Uh, I got really fired up today. I'm going to be honest. We had softball media availability. We're talking to the student athletes. They're all coming in with a chip on their shoulder, it feels like. I mean, you you come two games away from Oklahoma City, and everybody just wants to get there now. I mean, they – they know what it takes to win in the the regional. They now know what a super regional feels like. They're two games away from Oklahoma City, I, I think this is a team that could go the distance. And you know, baseball, same boat. They were one game away from Omaha. I mean, they they had the lead in the ninth inning of game two. Okay, was took
2: Tanner Smith out in the ninth, and that felt like that felt like the dagger. Yeah,
0: pitching ran out. It was it was brutal down the street. Yeah, but you know. I I, I just kind of wanted to ask you guys as we head into the season, two teams coming off super regionals. Who do you feel better about going into this year?
3: Softball, hundred percent. I, I mean, look, the, the this baseball team still has a lot of solid pieces. You know, obviously you're bringing guys back like Bryce Betcher, but Thompson, Jacob Walsh, guys who hit in the lineup last year and hit really well and were bigger parts of it. I would expect those guys to move up in the lineup. You know, kind of two, three, four. And the question will be, how are some of these younger guys? who got playing time last year, like Carter Garotti, you know, guys who got playing time in the beginning but didn't really play in those key conference games and the playoff games, uh, you know, how are they going to do this year? And then obviously with the pitching, I think the pitching this year is going to be a lot better, obviously with Isaac Aon and RJ Gordon coming back. Those two are going to be studs in the rotation along with Logan Mercado. I think the the bigger thing will be if, you know, where's the bullpen going to go? I really like a lot of guys that came back, you know, Matthew Grabman, I thought he had really good stuff, Charles Spoljarek as well. Those guys, I didn't really see too much as a starter role. I kind of, you know, they came in, you know, I, I, to me at least, when they came in out of the bullpen, that was when I kind of saw their best stuff. Like, they did really well in situations where they came in with uh, guys on base. So I really think that those guys will do well outside the bullpen, but trying to find, um, you know, that guy who can come out and get the save like Josh Molares did last year. But with softball, though, There weren't a lot of pieces to fill, but I think Melissa Nambari did a really good job bringing Emma Cough from behind the plate uh, to replace Tara McGowan. And then obviously there's so much depth with this team, not just uh, not just in the field, but also with pitching. So I think softball definitely has my vote as like kind of favorite to make it far this year.
2: I am really excited to see what Oregon baseball does. I think they brought in some really, 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 really good talent this year. Um, I went to practice the other day with Duck Territory. I had a lot of fun there. Um, they the the new guy that people are kind of projecting as the closer, Brock Moore, is a stud. Uh, six six righty, just throws gas. Uh, that that plays anywhere. He just um, has more. He, he <laughs> just does have more. Uh, I think the bats are going to be good. I think you look at some of the guys that they brought in through the portal and and just growth from a guy like Carter Garotti, who I thought was really good last year and who might be the best defensive infielder in the Pac-12. Um, a guy like Dom Hellman, who was on the roster last year, who, uh, Drifter's legend, sorry, uh, who, um, the the talent was always there, but like, he took one swing in in practice the other day, and Jared and I looked at each other and were like, "Oh, that's a different Dom Hellman. Like that is that Ooh. is a better Dom Hellman, which is scary because he's already w- maybe the most physically talented player m- in the Pac-12. He's six six, just monster, right? Big, powerful. Um, I
0: mean, when he hits the ball, he hits <laughs> he the ball. He hits the ball. <laughs> the ball is
2: scared of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think baseball is going to be good. I'm really excited for softball. I think both teams – I I honestly. I don't like picking one. I think both of them are going to have really good years. Um, The pitching for Oregon softball is going to be one of the best in the country. I I don't think there's any question about that. You bring back Hanson and and Morgan Scott, who were two of the best pitchers in the nation last year with just another year of growth. Um, Throw in Reagan Breedlove, who's awesome. Reggie. Reggie, (laughs) yeah. Um, I didn't know that was her nickname until today. No, you'll hear KK Humphreys yelling it uh, from first base as – you'll hear a lot of KK Humphreys. That's what you'll gain uh
0: calling softball. She'll be it? she'll be at second base this she year. She will
2: be at second base this mm-hmm. year, I I believe. Um but you'll hear a lot of her. Um she is very vocal. Um Yeah, I think Oregon softball is going to be good. I think Emma Kalf is a stud. Um, it's it's
3: like either way it's going to be a good spring. I, yeah. I think for yeah. for ball teams yeah, and let's for say or- that. and for Oregon fans as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun spring. I mean both teams coming off super regional appearances and I think that both teams return a lot of their lineup. I mean, obviously, Oregon lost a lot of experience with the guy like Tanner Smith departing, losing a guy like, you know, Jay Stoffel, who had a very successful season. But at the end of the day, they rebounded and they reloaded. And I think Oregon softball did as well. Uh, you lose Tara McGowan, you bring in Emma Kauf, who everybody has raved about. And the one word that Coach Lombardi said about Coff today was that she's clutch. Yeah. She hits line drives. Uh, She hits with power, and she is a clutch hitter, and I think that's exactly what Oregon needed. Tara McGowan, what was she? She was clutch, and I think that Oregon... Did a great job replacing McGowan with the fifth year, and you know, moving over KK Humphreys from first to second base. I think that,
2: that like is a definite, definite thing. It's the most likely. Okay, so yeah, because I know she played a good amount in in fall there. And
0: they they talked about how she was getting a lot of the looks at second base. There may be a few games where she doesn't play second, but it's going to be a lot of KK Humphreys at second.
2: Because um, who else really would it be for that team playing second?
0: Page maybe. Yeah, don't yeah. play Page. Don't waste her. Page or Remington Hewitt. Yeah. Like Sadie that, Flaherty has a pair. Flannery. Flannery, yeah, she's
2: apparent. She she was a
3: huge recruit. Um, she was a top ten recruit. She's she's good.
0: She's she's just in a loaded infield right now. <laughs> she's gonna be great. Uh, I will say
3: too, like the freshman class is pretty good, so I think it does open up a spot to where if someone does stand out in the first few weeks, uh, you know, either if they get up early or if it's kind of a blowout, then. You know, Melissa Labari might try to, to put some of these freshmen in. And, and you never know. They could shine.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think the coolest story I found out was that Pitch, Nicky, and KK played travel ball together yeah. in the middle infield. So, yeah, you super know, cool. they, they get to bring that back here at Oregon. So, I, I think the transition is going to go well. Obviously, not having Bunk in the lineup is going to be huge, but I think defensively, Oregon's going to be doing all right. Oregon softball one week from today we're gonna be making the trip out there to Florida I'll be on the call for some Oregon softball in Clearwater Florida man we are so close away from softball season four o'clock Pacific time Ducks versus Hoosiers Indiana in Clearwater Florida a week from today and with that we'll step aside for our final break when we come back we'll do our director's games here on 88.1 KWVA.
1: Dolly Parton's Imagination Library is dedicated to inspiring a love of reading. The organization achieves this by gifting books free of charge to children from birth to age 5. The program spans 5 countries and gifts over 1 million free books each month to children around the world. If you want your child to receive free books visit imaginationlibrary.com to check out availability in your area Imagination Library ah! Hi I'm Smoky Bear and I made an assistant to help you prevent wildfires. Dude, I've got this. I've been camping since I was five years old but I am a camping influencer. You know what I'll bet you five bucks. Assistant Smoky what is the best way to put out a campfire?
2: To put out a campfire, drown with water, stir, drown again. Then make sure the fire is out cold by feeling with the back of your hand.
0: Wait, really?
2: I'll take the five bucks.
0: Learn more at SmokyBear.com.
2: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
0: Did you know that the coronavirus can damage the inner ear, leading to chronic dizziness and tinnitus, which is a constant ringing or buzzing noise? But there's hope. For help and more information, call 800-837-8428 or visit LifeRebalanced.com. Dot org and discover a life rebalanced. That's 800 837 8428 or liferebalanced.org. Sponsored by the Vestibular Disorders Association. Splickety, splickety, splash, y'all. What up, son?
1: This is Colin Deaver, former sports director at KWVA 88.1 Eugene. <laughs> and you're listening to Quacksmack.
0: back here on Quacksback, and i just gotta say that back music from levi bergsfield back there made me feel like i was outside today like it felt so beautiful outside today and you know when you're walking around campus you got the sun out
3: you got the good vibes that's that's what it sounds like A- am i right or wrong i don't know yeah it's it's I'll, i i think go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm just saying like blasting music outside like that's what i was doing i got back from class today and just sitting outside on my porch just blasting some music i'm like man i'm ready for for every day of this yeah. in the coming yeah. few weeks it's weird um uh, my mom's in
2: san diego right now and she goes there like relatively frequently for work and she always like makes fun of me for being caught in the rain but it's also pouring in san diego right now <laughs> and it's beautiful <laughs> here so now i get to make fun of her
0: Dude, uh, i feel like every time i go on a trip with kwva i always hit rain yes <laughs> like, always always. Yeah. it's like it's like ah, yeah i'm finally leaving oregon
3: it rained in
0: Arizona. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it literally rained in Arizona this yeah.
3: year. I was like, "Come on!" Get ready for more of the midwestern weather. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you guys get
3: ready. Yeah, for yeah more. I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. now you won't be here. But, hey, uh, we're
2: we are in Michigan on uh, on Halloween next year. That's I mean, I think exciting. That is the most exciting hey, I've ever been
3: for a sporting event. I was gonna say. Well. We'll, we'll ball out. Don't worry. We'll have some fun. <laughs> we'll have some a good fun. time. <laughs> It'll Anna be a weekend. Arbor, <laughs> <Halloween>. Yeah. <laughs> All I gotta
0: say is like my my experience going to Wisconsin this year, incredible. Like yeah. get or get ready for those visits. Yeah. I mean like, for you guys getting to go to Camp Randall, like, that's gonna be insane. Yeah. yeah. Like, going going to Michigan, awesome. Like, check it out. Meet some of our student radio stations. Yeah. Network. One of my good friends broadcasts at uh, KCBN.
2: Is that mi- Michigan? i don't know Michians. and then uh another one of my good friends works at wisconsin's which i forget ksum
0: yes do you know their like nickname or like their no their what slogan? Is it? it's the snake on the lake that's cool it's right? a cool name that's It's like cool. K-U- yeah. ksum the snake on the lake which yeah. is just a cool and you met I, you met
2: uh chrissy right yeah do you know chrissy i know her through the twitterverse um
0: but she's is she their their head director no, uh, their head director is a guy named Anthony. I know Chrissy through another group, uh, the reporter named Stephen Bardo. Okay. Uh, that we were just, like, put no, together with to talk men's basketball. Goddess. it. Right, season. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. remember you went to that. So, one. Chrissy, she's in that group, too. I just, like, posted in that group that uh, – i was in wisconsin and i was like this environment's crazy like big 10 y'all do it different and yeah. then all of a sudden she hit me up and she was like hey do you want to come on our radio show and i was like sure and so yeah. then i went on their radio show talked some Morgan volleyball
3: talked with their guys
0: very 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 really cool crew yeah. yeah
3: no i mean like they're pretty much every school in the big 10 like yeah. their fan base is insane like they show out for the games especially if it's a big rival game too yeah. like i remember the illinois northwestern game i went to that one year and uh, it was just an unbelievable atmosphere. Like, both teams sucked, but I mean, they would, like, everyone showed up <laughs> the, because the, they just wanted to be each the other. The tradition
0: and the bands. The bands are the cool. The bands are unbelievable. The <laughs> bands in the Big Ten are insane. Uh, o- Oregon marching band, you got to pick it up. I mean, this, you're going to the Big Ten. Like, it's it's insane. Like, the one that they did at Wisconsin, like, the time warp, that was, like, the most fun I've had. And the chance, like, they had some really fun. Chants. I was
3: going to say, when Ohio State comes to Austin, that's going to be uh, a. <laughs> unfair yeah. advantage that's gonna be a pretty unfair <laughs> it's advantage for, a, for oregon gonna be a pretty fun <laughs> advantage at that
0: well i think it's time levi are you ready in there probably not levi <laughs> let's get ready to ride the train let's get all aboard get aboard the bandwagon for a grand happy
3: feeling all aboard loaded with your favorite stars and bright new talents
0: all aboard the bandwagon Saul Galvan. who are you all aboard who
3: am or I all what? aboard or who why am what I, when, when where why? why do I have to answer all five of those questions no. or just, okay just I was one. gonna say hey uh, I'm big on golf right now big on golf I mean I listen the, the weather's turning right now we're getting to a point where you can go outside and you won't have to put on 30 layers to go play you know nine holes and I'm excited right now the PGA tour too they're, they're kind of ramping up playing the Pebble beach Pro-Am this weekend and it's just it's getting to that time now. I'll be at the course, you know. Anytime I'm not here, you can find me on the golf course. <laughs> I'm uh I'm I'm
2: all aboard the hype train that is the uh, the KWVA volunteers right now. I think the uh, the volunteers <laughs> have done a great job. Shout out uh, Jack Wargoat for winning the uh, the the Madden tournament the other day. We um, did post those highlights. <laughs> been, Our guy. been texting uh, Ty Goss about uh, s- finding some like nerdy baseball stats for the Pac-12. So I'm a big fan of the KWVA volunteer base right now.
0: It's a, it's a good answer. Thanks. It, it is a good a answer. A try. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm going to get all aboard the biking train. I am nice. a bike. And so, I, uh, you know, it's been nice this week. I went out once and I, I rode my bike around for seven miles. And it was a good bike uh, ride. You know, Eugene has so many good biking trails that you can just easily get around. And just taking a nice bike ride across the river to Ottson. And I went over to the mall and just ride along the river. Really nice. Really That's good. a nice, nice area. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that area. No, and just, like, be on the bike craft Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, good for mental health. Yeah, like very like much Like a stuff. nice hour just to take out. Of oh, yeah. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to the range with Saul. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm getting to see. I'm, I'm on that w- bandwagon w- as well. W- what
3: the game looking like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see how Clean much... invite? Clean, clean invite? Felt yeah. like that. Felt like we were working that way. Oh, okay.
0: Uh-huh. And then that'll do it for all Ward.
3: Excited to go to the golf range, though. So I'm excited cool. to see uh, see what Saturday will look like. Hey guys, yeah. I'm excited
2: to go with you guys too. No, it's fine. <laughs> Austin's hanging out with his other friends on Saturday. Yeah, so. yeah. the yeah. ones Levi the hangs out with his other friends all the time. They're the ones that uh, that thinks he's funny.
3: Awesome, <laughs> <laughs> you got an off the rocks performance. On the rocks. On, on the, the rocks. rocks. On okay. the rocks? Uh,
2: Yeah,
0: is on the rocks like a reference to like drinking? Yes. Okay.
2: okay. Uh, there was that big like when when acapella was bigger in the like early two thousands, um, there was like that big rise of people naming their acapella groups like drinking terms. So like on the rocks, and then whoa, uh, straight no chaser was the big one for a while.
3: I love straight no, Chas- especially straight the no Chris- chaser. Especially the yeah. Christmas album, yeah. the "Straight No Chaser," was like my all time favorite. Um,
2: but yes, on the rocks does perform tomorrow at four, so be there. Where will it be? Uh, I believe the EMU Amphitheater. Oh, I'll be there. Ooh. We're bringing out some bangers tomorrow, in mm. case mm. anyone was wondering. They're Going excited. on the
0: rocks rehearsal. Excited for that. Uh, quickly, let's do predictions for tonight. USC versus Oregon. Who gets the win? Oregon by eight.
3: Oregon by six.
0: You say Oregon by eight as well. Uh, UCLA Oregon men's basketball later this weekend.
3: Oregon by twelve. Oregon by
0: 15. Oregon by 13. I'll split the difference. Oregon women's basketball versus Oregon State. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> this one's not as fun. Oregon <laughs> State
3: by five. Five? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I would say Oregon State, I, you know, even though Oregon's been playing a lot better, I still think Oregon State's going to get a pretty sizable win. just so hot right I now. I think Oregon State will probably win by 12.
0: I think Oregon State's a really, really good team. I think it's going to be a tough one for Oregon. I'm going to say Beavers by 11. Well, folks, it's been a fun show. Always a fun director's edition. Night Uretzky with Oda, Saul Galvan. Tomorrow, Friday Night Spotlight, four hours of talk radio here on 88.1. Get ready for that one. Buckle up. Softball coming next week. Excited for that as well. That'll do it for us here on this Thursday. Talks of men's basketball, women's basketball, softball, baseball, Oregon football. I mean, we talked it all here on 88.1.
3: you have been listening to Quack Smack on KWVA. If you miss any portion of the show or just want to listen again, you can find the full show recordings online at kwvaradio.org. Plus, we're on Twitter at KWVA Sports. Join us again for our next episode tomorrow at 6 p.m. right here on KWVA Eugene, 88.1 FM. Mm-hmm.